Africa Business Support Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-present co-host, Jabu Mtwa. Today, we are really focusing on the MENA region and the Saudi Pro League in particular. We are looking at the sponsorship and marketing in the Saudi Pro League, and we have today with us an expert comes to raising the sports business field in Saudi Arabia and being part of the initiatives that are really creating change. Jabu, who do we have for our audience today? On this very, very exciting, engaging episode, hopefully, um, also renewing episode, we have astute individual, vast experience in the sponsorship and marketing space within Saudi Arabia. Today, we are speaking to the Senior Business Development Manager at RISE, Dr. Rayan Kakadan. Dr. Rayan, thank you so much for making the time this evening and how are you doing? Welcome on to the Africa Business of Sport podcast. Uh, thank you. It's, it's a great pleasure to, uh, to be with you guys. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for making the time uh, for this. And it's always exciting to be speaking about sport, especially in my country, Saudi Arabia. So uh, I'm looking forward to having a, a wonderful conversation with you guys. We definitely are too, Dr. Ryan. I mean, over the past decade or so, I think in the past few years, it has been even more pronounced the role that Saudi Arabia is increasingly playing in sport, not only in infrastructural development, which we are seeing in Saudi Arabia itself, but also external investments into football clubs and other sports properties as well. So getting your insights on that development and that evolution of Saudi Arabia's sports strategy will be fantastic to hear. But maybe we might start firstly with your career journey. How did you come to the individual that you now are in the industry today i mean you're very well connected your expertise is unrivaled and is clear to see within the region of saudi arabia could you you know take us through your career journey and maybe some of the past roles that you've had just in brief so i i've been in the market for a little over 10 years now and what i'm doing now is i currently work with a company called rise group so we are a commercial company that's been in uh, saudi arabia and uh, the gcc for more than eight years we specialize in uh, commercial services so we service our partners who are mostly rights holders and mostly in the government sector such as the ministry of sport and different rights holders in the sport sector and and what we do is we provide uh, services to them, such as uh, commercial strategy, uh, asset development, but not only consulting services, we're very much an end-to-end service provider. So once a rights holder is ready to go to market, we have a sales team that has both international and local experience that can take those rights to market, uh, close sales, sponsorship in different uh commercial opportunities, and also deliver partnerships. We also work on the brand side. So some of our founding team members have been on the side of uh, Abdul Latif Jamil, which is which is the representative of uh, Toyota in in uh, in Saudi, and a while back the league was named after Abdul Latif Jamil. It was called the ALJ League, and we were able to leverage that experience and bring it over to uh, to the market with our uh, various clients. So I currently lead the account management team at SPL. Uh, and I was lucky to be on the team that uh, we secured a commercial deal that raised 478 million Saudi real over the next five years for the Saudi League. Uh, and that was by virtue of changing the name to what is now called the Roshan Saudi League. I think what I want to say here before we get into the exciting stuff is that the sports sector here in Saudi has been on a journey and we've been on a journey with, with them. And, and that journey is really guided by the vision vision 2030 i'm sure you've read and heard uh, much about this but really this is a journey to a 
uh, sustainable sports sector. And this journey has several important milestones, uh, you know, such as sustainability, mature market, and then inevitably full privatization of the different sports entities we have here in Saudi Arabia. So what better way to support that journey and join that journey than, you know, helping the different stakeholders in that uh, sector to maximize commercial return and create a sustainable, mature uh, ecosystem for everybody to participate in. So it's really exciting times in sport in Saudi, and I'm really proud to be part of it. Now, just let us understand, because your role is into sponsorship and marketing and you are the senior business development manager Arise. how is the sponsorship and marketing landscape in Saudi Arabia? for majority of sports and even other industry, if you can touch on that? Yeah, that's a very good question. So what I'll say, and I'll comment on something uh, you just mentioned in your question, which is, uh, you know, all of these plans that are have, uh, that are being implemented in, in the Saudi sports sector, uh, again, are guided by the vision and specifically within the vision uh, by 2030. Uh, there's an important pillar, which is to have a vibrant, healthy society. And and part of that is to make sport available to, to our population. You know, we have a very young population uh, of 35 plus million people between Saudis and expats. And we really, the aspiration here and the, the, the groundwork started with providing everyone here in Saudi with options, options to practice sport, participate in sport. And really that's kind of the, the, the groundwork that needs to happen. But also as you go along the journey, you need to provide people here, not just with opportunities to participate in sport, but opportunities to aspire to be part of, you know, the bigger competitive uh, uh, sports ticket. So whether it's uh, kids playing football in the neighborhood, dreaming of one day playing uh, in, in a league like the SPL. Uh, so to do that, you need to have a competitive league. You need to have a league that has a good uh, good competitive level. It needs to be a good product on television, on streaming services. You need to have good commercial opportunities. And that's within football. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, another thing that's been happening here is the hosting of several key international IPs and events. I, I know you guys are F1 fans now. So we, we've hosted F1 for three editions and, and running now. And there's big plans to you know, create race circuits and, and be part of the F1 journey for a very long time. Uh, other events such as the WWE, uh, tennis, boxing. Uh, and really the purpose of this, beside the entertaining factor and beside inviting people to come and, and see the country and be part of this this journey, is for our population, for our, uh, you know, kids and teenagers and people coming up, uh, it's really inspiring to see that happening because that opens options and doors for for our people to to think. Okay, you know, I'm not just kicking a ball around in the neighborhood. No, this is this can turn into something that's really significant, and it could turn into a lifestyle or a you know a profession or a a, a career that uh, maybe previously wasn't uh, wasn't uh, there or wasn't ready for. For people to participate in so yeah it's been again it's been exciting and i think it's just important for us always to understand and remember why we're doing it and really the the big why here is we're doing it for our people for them to have options and have to have aspirations and dreams to be part of this dr Ryan, from the the grand perspective many fans or viewers or you know sort of observers of Saudi Arabia's national sports strategy and also externally in different leagues would think that Saudi Arabia, due to, say, 
or the money that has been spent on investments in football clubs have a mature sponsorship market even within their country. What would your view be on that? How mature is the sponsorship sector within Saudi Arabia itself and where does the money come from? Which sort of sectors or companies are the ones that really want to push and invest their money into sports as well? I think in the beginning, inevitably, you'll have uh, you'll have to have some support from the bigger players and the bigger stakeholders, such as government entities. You know, we have the public investment uh, fund, which has giga projects, which has a lot of subsidiaries that are really doing their best to push this wheel forward. But inevitably, what we want to get to is a mature market where the co- the commercial opportunities within that sector are actually viable to the private sector here in Saudi and also global companies, global brands that, uh, you know, want to be part of this. They want uh, the eyeballs of, uh, of Saudis and, and everyone watching uh, Saudi IP and, and, and competitions or watching uh, international IPs that are hosted by Saudi. Uh, so that's really the journey we're on. And that's why I think what we're doing is, is important is uh, because we're, we're trying our best to help shape that offering uh, to the market to where it speaks for itself and it presents uh, a money can't buy, as they say, opportunity for uh, the private sector to get uh, to get involved. I think today you have some uh, important players in sponsorship. So you are you have companies who already are active uh, and they sponsor a lot of IPs here in, in, in Saudi Arabia. And you have an up and coming challenger brands, uh, challenger companies that want to come into the sector. And for those specifically, I would say, because that's probably the bigger piece of the the, the cake, the, what they're looking for is a mature offering that gives them uh, a clear path to return on investment and return on objective when they uh, get into the sponsorship. And thankfully, we, we've been successful in, in guiding many of those entities to, to that point where they actually see the value of sponsorship and they become excited and then they automatically become sport, uh, part of the ecosystem. So you'd have a sponsor that you know, was part of the F1, but then uh, heard about the opportunity Saudi Pro League uh, and, and then they go and sponsor the Saudi Pro League and, and so on. So it, it's, a, it's a growing process. I would say it's still developing. But uh, all, all eyes are on that, uh, that great milestone of having a mature market where you have opportunities that are viable, that have great returns and have the right uh, players in the, uh, in the sector to, to help them get to what, they, what they're looking for out of sponsorship, I would say. Dr. Rayan, I, this is a very interesting question, and uh, I know Jabu will enjoy this a lot, but one of the biggest marketing stunts, if I may say, that... Uh, was put in Saudi Arabia was the ability to lure the great Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, being able to bring him to a league. And we've seen the impact now. Sky Sports Instagram page, they are actually showing highlight reels of Cristiano Ronaldo and the team. People are talking about the country, the sport more in Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's the power of an individual that really pulls such marketing, such branding, such strategy. What has been the impact from... Um, um, an, an ongoing point because I'm sure you'd have seen the metrics, you would have talked to people, you would have had discussions with people who are part of the uh, the measurement of the metrics. What has been the impact of Ronaldo coming into the Saudi Pro League at the time that he did? Yeah, that's a great question. Obviously, I mean, that's one of the most exciting things that happened in, in world football, not just Saudi football. And I have to say, I, I personally love the way it happened and everything that's behind it. You know, we followed 
we followed the, the press conference uh, that uh, Ronaldo gave when he when he signed, and, and I think there was so many key messages. And I think it's credit to him because I think to do something like that, he really had to buy into what was happening in sport in Saudi. So it's not a pure football move. It's uh, it's really uh, someone to his credit who saw an opportunity to participate in so many aspects of sport, not just the competitive uh, aspect. Uh, so I have some numbers here, actually, um, that could speak to what that impact has been. And, and our Fantastic. company did a few, a few workshops yeah, with, with our partners. So, so are you ready? I have some uh, numbers here I can share with you and your, your listeners, which are quite exciting. Yeah, Please, let's go. go. All right, let's go. Okay, so the most viral post on Instagram in world football is the signing of Ronaldo with an Nasser. So that's number one. So I'm, I'm speaking about world football. I'm not speaking about just Saudi football. And, and, and prior to that, I think the most viral post was Messi lifting the World Cup. So uh, if by some miracle you're able to get Messi to listen to this podcast and he's listening now, Messi, you need to come and claim that that <laughs> that honor back <laughs> by playing in the Saudi League. So this is just my my personal invitation to Messi to come play with us. So it's been the mo- most viral post in, in world football. Uh, Al Nasser has raised to fourth in, in the month of January of 2020, uh, 2023, has raised to fourth place across all sports uh, accounts in Instagram in terms of interaction. So fourth place in the top top world sport accounts in Instagram is Al Nasser. You know who's behind Al Nasser? Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, FC Bayern Munich, uh, and so on and so forth. So that uh, on social media, that really uh, speaks to itself. Now, when we come to the commercial side, as we know, uh, the potential of what Ronaldo can do within the Saudi League and what he can do for the partners of the club and his partners and potential investors looking into these opportunities. As we know, Ronaldo has been uh, a Nike athlete all of his life, right? So he's, he's been signed to Nike for life. Incidentally, the last three clubs he's played for, uh, Real Madrid, uh, Juventus, and Man United, have been Adidas uh, clubs. So their kit is sponsored by Adidas. And and what we found is, uh, you know, ironically, he's raised more value to the brand of Adidas than he has for for Nike during that time. And so that just speaks to the power, the commercial power behind uh, Ronaldo. And, and, And we've seen some, you know, interest. We've seen some inquiries from global brands and global uh, players asking about, you know, what opportunities are now available in the Saudi market now that Ronaldo's there. So that's another thing that speaks to his his value. But and, uh, one more thing that really, I think, will help us progress sport and football in the country. And that's why I said I liked what he said about buying into the, the idea and the, the plans here in Saudi is that previously the Saudi league was broadcast uh, within Saudi Arabia and across the MENA region. So it was just Middle East, North Africa, and Saudi Arabia. Today, the Saudi league is broadcast across 30 channels across the world. Uh, I believe it's more than 120 channels. I don't have the exact number, but it's it's more than 120 countries. Uh, and and that's, within, uh, that's across 30 channels across the world. So just by virtue of him coming to the league, We've been able to take, you know, uh, exponential leaps to in the right direction. I would say, even even if we're not there completely, but we're going in the right direction with the help of the power of someone like Ronaldo, and that, you know, unquestionably opens up opportunities and interest 
from international players who are now paying attention. You know, we have commentators who are now here full time in Saudi that provide commentary on uh, the Saudi league matches. So it's been it's been really exciting, both on the sports side. It was really interesting and shocking to everyone around the world. But at the same time, when it comes to the commercial side, when it comes to development and and uh, the sports sector and the whole uh, in a in a big scheme, uh, it's been uh, really exciting on that front as well. I mean, some of the numbers that you briefly brought up there, Dr. Rihanna, absolutely fascinating and paint a picture of a league that is growing not only on the pitch, but commercially as well. You briefly touched on the fact that the Saudi Pro League is now available to more and more individuals who love football. Um, I believe the deal with IMG to sell off their media rights and for them to sell media rights to other international markets has done a lot in that sort of sense. And also, I think from... Personal experience, I am in touch with uh, many young boys through an academy that I run here in South Africa. And, you know, we're speaking about Ronaldo and the fact that he's now at Al Nasser. And the fact that the boys know what Al Nasser is and after Ronaldo plays matches, they want to go on YouTube and seek out the highlights because obviously the Saudi Pro League is not yet available across most of Africa, which I think that is something that is inevitable to change. But the fact that you're getting more young audiences that are now more engaged into Saudi football, what does that potentially do for the sponsorship sector? Because, I mean, we know there's many marketers and um, sponsorships and companies that are looking for younger audiences, particularly through football. Is that the case too in Saudi Arabia? And how does the Saudi Pro League sort of capitalize on this impact that Ronaldo has had? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's massive. We can talk uh, for hours about this. You know, one thing that's, uh, that's a, a big theme and in, in the circles of football and sport now is addressing the new, the new football fan. So who is the new football fan? Where is the fan? Uh, where are fans consuming football? And, and it's changed very much and it's moved from just be- being you know, uh, within the 90 minutes, uh, watching a Premier League match on a Saturday, to the the 95 percent of the con 95 percent of the content, I would say, around football is being consumed outside of the 90 minutes. So if you're on Instagram and you follow, you know, the big the big accounts, four three three and goal and and uh, and and whatnot, you'll see just content upon content, and that's been the most exciting part for me, even as a fan and a follower. And I would say that the uh, arrival of Ronaldo in the Saudi league even helped us as professionals pay attention uh, more, more to that, to that aspect. It's like, what can we, what opportunities are now available outside the 90 minutes within the digital content that's being uh, uh, put out for our partners? What are the behaviors of fans, football fans outside of the 90 minutes. So outside the 90 minutes, fans are playing the, the FIFA game or they're playing, you know, the PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. Uh, fans are playing the fantasy game. Fans are taking their family members to academies. They're participating in women's sport. They're, so there's so many uh, assets being developed uh, around the, the 90 minutes that present really interesting opportunities for partners to get on board with. And I think that if I were to summarize what is the most exciting part or the biggest opportunity, that is probably the biggest opportunity for partners today. You spoke about how Ronaldo said that he believes in the vision and the plan and the overall approach of the Saudi Arabia sports sector, not just for football alone, 
And we know that Ronaldo is an individual who can pull crowds, whether he goes to a boxing game like we saw um, a few weeks ago that he went with the sun, or whether he's at a festival like we saw when uh, he was part of the celebrations of, uh, I believe, one of the holidays in Saudi Arabia where he was in regalia and actually holding the sword. Like, it takes a person of a high status to be able to enjoy those things. Now, I know that in the world of sports, we are seeing a lot of collaborations between sports of different types. So, for instance, Tottenham Hotspur signed a deal with Formula One to have a, um, a cartoon um, race course at one aspect of their stadium. We've seen that um, Zinedine Zidane has been made an ambassador of one of the Formula One teams. What is the power that Ronaldo can bring to the sports sector in Saudi Arabia beyond football such that now globalization in sports will be very, very focused on Saudi Arabia because we've seen that our Nasser is benefiting from the power of globalization just because of Ronaldo alone. So what is the power of Ronaldo for all the other sports sectors? Because a wild idea off the top of my head, but if basketball can be developed very well, you can start luring all the old folks in the NBA as celebs. Imagine LeBron coming to play in Saudi Arabia or imagine someone like um, Steph Curry come, come to play in the basketball um, industry in Saudi Arabia, that would be powerful. And we know that a person like Ronaldo can't pull that through. So what is the really the potential impact of Ronaldo for the overall Saudi Arabia sports sector? You know, so I think we can, if we can divide it into two, let's, let's look at global, uh, let's look at local first and then let's go to the local. So when you look at local, you're absolutely right. The examples you provided give us the impression that this is an individual or an entity, <laughs> Ronaldo's an entity, really, that is willing to engage the movement and at the very grassroots level. So his son plays in an academy here in Riyadh. Uh, he's visited, you know, the, the Al Nasser women's teams uh, and has been, you know, across that and he he's provided you know whatever inspiration he can uh, in in that area so locally if you're thinking you're a father or you're an older brother and you have someone you know whether it's a boy or girl and you hear about this you'll consider to take your son and you'll consider to take your family member to an academy you know let's go try football maybe it's a good thing maybe there's a lot of changing impression from some of the ideas that might have been 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 here in the past when it comes to global uh, impact uh, I would say, especially what you commented on around him engaging the culture and wearing, you know, the cultural dress, going to different uh, ceremonies and, and celebrations. Back to the journey we're on here in Saudi when it comes to sport. Part of that journey is opening up to the world and telling the world, our doors are open. Come and uh, see the country for yourself. Come and see what's happening for yourself. And I think just from a personal perspective, a lot of, uh, of media entities, a lot of uh, journalists, a lot of influential people have had a lot to say about Saudi Arabia in, in, in the past, past 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And, and finally, I think it's, it's really positive that we've started now to tell our own story. We've started to open our doors and invite people to come and experience it for themselves. So I think that the impact also extends out of the, the sports uh, circle into the cultural circle, into the uh, the social circle where it's inviting people to come and see what the buzz is about. Uh, and and I can tell you, uh, I'm, I'm biased, of course, because uh, it's my country and I live here, but I, I can tell you that 90, 99, 100% maybe of 
of people who come experience it for themselves have positive things to say about what's going on because that's some of the stuff that doesn't transcend into the media uh, uh, more or less. So I think he's played a, a great role so far in the last few months, both locally and globally on that front. It, it, it's so important for me that the sports sector as a whole has a positive reputation. And and this is something we've probably seen in the past that might have helped or not helped, uh, you know, the sports sector when it when they when we when we're speaking to companies when we're speaking to the private sector and trying to uh, convince investors to come into sport and we're like come come into Saudi sport come see what's going on it's a positive experience and and, and right away what they can do is go on Google and and look up a few you know pieces of uh, of news about it. And that is a big determinant of whether uh, some of the players in the private sector decide to invest in sport or they're, uh, on the other hand, maybe deterred from, from investing in sport. So I think, again, outside of the competitive and uh, competitive uh, aspect of sport, what is happening with the positive media that's going out uh, is is can only be healthy for the private sector because that'll motivate them to at least consider, at least listen, at least have a positive impression about what's happening in sport. And out of that, you know, circle of uh, X amount of companies, you'll have three or four or 10 or 20 who will come and say, you know what? No, I think now is the right time to invest in Saudi sport. And I think that's part of the impact. So even on the business side, I think it's only positive for, for, for the sector. On this journey that Saudi Arabia sports is taking till 2030 and even beyond that in becoming a global sports hub, what lessons or challenges and things are you picking up from the journey that the sports sector has already been in um, with the particular focus on football due to, you know, obviously Ronaldo is, has now elevated Saudi football to another level where everything that someone is concerned about when it comes to Saudi is what's happening with the football on Nasser. Um, but, you know, with your experience and um, with the conversations that you have with individuals from throughout the sports sector, what lessons are you learning on this journey to become a global sports hub? And what's the value that that could possibly bring to Saudi Arabia sports in the long term? That's a great question. I, I think, you know, if you kind of close your eyes and think about the, the famous leagues or the famous regions around the world that are that you know have a, a great 100 plus year legacy in sports so mainly Europe and South America, America probably each one of those you know countries or leagues has a story and i think the best stories are the ones are the stories that are organic and genuine and true to the the people themselves first before they try to extend themselves to the world uh, and i think we whether it's by design or or, or not have probably done a good job and we have 35 plus million people here 90% of of the population is follow sport or is passionate about sport or participates in sport and that is something i think you can't synthesize you can't construct uh, an organic passion for for sport you can't recreate uh kids kicking a a a football in a neighborhood or as we discussed when we were kids it was probably asphalt or dirt or whatever was available to you probably not even a football maybe a a pepsi can that you would step on and you would just kick anything that you can that to me as simple as it sounds is is really a a, an important part of the the story back to the story um 
So, and that's that's something that's been built on. So our minister, the minister of sport, Israel Highness Prince Abdaziz bin Turki al-Faisal, uh, one of the stories he tells uh, about, and he's published this recently, when he was appointed by the leadership that, you know, He's a passionate sport uh, person himself. He's been a, a motorsport athlete for the majority of his life. I don't know if he still is. I'll mention him on Twitter. I don't. He's, uh, I don't know if he's listening to this, but I'll mention him and ask him on Twitter. But uh, that's such an. I think that's just such such an important part of the the brand, the the product. It, it has to be organic. It has to be true to the people within the country first, because then you'll have a real story that you can start telling through. The, the you know channels of media and channels of commerce channels of uh, you know social development and diplomacy and, and whatnot so I think if there's a lesson from what we've been through and uh, this has been again guided by the leadership and the vision is everybody is re- more or less on board with creating this society that's vibrant that's healthy that's uh, organic uh, and everybody's love for sport is is true and genuine and then finding ways to tell that story across uh, across different platforms to the world. So I think I, I would say that's the biggest lesson that I've observed from my work, from you know the work that the, the ministry is doing, the work that uh, that's doing across the various aspects of the vision here in Saudi. I'm very interested to see what Saudi Arabia really and truly does from now to 2030. And I really pray and hope that's able to attain it. I think two things that just came to me as we speak and then it that would truly make Saudi Arabia a country where it's open to people, especially in sports, is that the first thing is that through its partnerships with all the countries that it's present in with their embassies, they can potentially have a sports visa, right? That is maybe as long for a month, a month and a half, three months, where people from other countries who are willing and able and would love to come in, let's say, watch Ronaldo in the SPL or attend one of the Formula One, Basis, or probably be at a tennis competition where either Naomi Osaka or Zverev or um, um, what's his name, Djokovic may be present there or any other powerful sports potentially. So the, I know the, the, the Asian Olympic Games are, are being planned around it. If there's something like a Saudi fan visa for expatriates, it makes it very easy for so many people to come in there and come and be a part of the competitions because that way... You're thinking primarily about the fans at that moment in time. So you make it easy for them to access the country. I think another thing that is very beautiful, and I see it happening, and you mentioned it about creating stories. We saw that at the 2022 FIFA World Cup, um, the SC invited a number of influencers on social media to come and watch the games for free, all 64 games, and then create content around it. Perhaps Saudi Arabia can also invite young, old, whatever age content creator that you are, especially within sports or within entertainment, within fashion, within music, that is interested in the stories coming out of Saudi Arabia, maybe another one, a content creator visa, for them to come witness these competitions, these events, and then create stories. I believe when we touched, when we start to see genuine stories being created on the ground, more people's start to trust them more people start to relate because a lot of the stories that we see are created by individuals who are not even in saudi who do not have the great yeah. expectation or understanding of the country and then we just give their maybe single-sided story approach but if we have content creators who are there who are taking pictures doing videos doing interviews 
with individuals on the ground, and that is broadcast to the world, it becomes a powerful storytelling point. And I believe this is something that the country can easily do and would definitely benefit from, especially when you have such powerful individuals like Ronaldo, perhaps that can even attract more stars into the country. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have said it uh, better. I think um, just a short timeline of what's, you know, what even what you can look forward to. So in the past few months, uh, you know, we saw the game with Argentina. Actually, I was at that game in, in Qatar. Uh, we saw uh, Al Hilal, who reached the the club world, the FIFA uh, club World Cup final, uh, and obviously uh, Ronaldo coming into the league. But when we look forward, you know, Saudi is hosting the the Asian Champions League uh, final with Al Hilal versus uh, the Japanese club Orawa. Uh, we're hosting the the next edition of the FIFA World Cup. So the 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 FIFA Club World Cup, sorry, will be in 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 Saudi Arabia. Uh, 2027, we have the Asian Cup, the national team. And uh, 20, uh, 2034, we have the, the Asian Games. Um, and we have more, obviously, more editions of the F1. So I think that is a great idea. And actually, while we're on the podcast, I'd like to personally invite you to, to come and, and watch these sports events. We already talked about you coming to see the F1. So hopefully when I mentioned uh, His Royal Highness on Twitter, maybe he'll... He'll extend. <laughs> he'll help Fantastic. extend those invites to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, we would. Again, our doors are open to the world. We want passionate uh, sports uh, enthusiasts and professionals such as yourselves to come and experience it uh, for yourselves and and, uh, and live those stories before they're before they're written. And I think a lot of actually a lot of them. If you watch the World Cup in Qatar with all of the controversy and all of the, the media that was around that, you saw a, a good number of journalists turn around and write their own experiences and own stories. Uh, and, and that just goes to tell you again, if, if the story is organic, it's true to the message, it's true to the, the people within that region, then only, only positive things can happen by coming and participating in these events and living them for yourselves. And then you get to write whatever story you want because that's what you lived in the end, and hopefully it's positive. Just one final question from myself, Dr. Rand. Um, as you live in Saudi, you are privy to all these beautiful views and the skyscrapers that are being built and the incredible infrastructure that is not being developed only for sport, but also for uh, public use as well. Uh, one of the projects that myself and Adam have been fascinated with and following very closely is Kadia. We mentioned this to you. Um, what is your view on the growing sports infrastructure in Saudi at the moment? And what impact could that possibly have into also amplifying what is happening on the pitch on football, but also in other sports too? Yeah, it's again, that's uh, another exciting aspect of, of what's been happening in the sector. So we have a stadium being built in, in Kadia, another one in Riyadh, uh, another one in, in Jeddah and the eastern region. And uh, many of the older stadia are being renovated in preparation uh, to host the, the, the Asia uh, Championships in, in 2027. So, you know, we have, a, we have a guiding light, which is the vision. We have uh, milestones that we're trying to hit to welcome the world into, into the country. And Kadia is definitely one of those projects where it's 
uh, it's an exciting uh, um, a concept, an exci- exciting project that will provide uh, football, provide motorsport, it will provide uh, entertainment um, um, to, to, to families and, and, and visitors um, and tourists. So, yeah, it's really exciting at the moment. And actually, I don't know if you know this, but Al Qadiya uh, sponsors both Al Hilal and Al Nasser clubs. So, what I'm personally looking forward to as well within the industry is seeing how they can activate that sponsorship uh, of both of those clubs with the potential of maybe more international players coming in uh, and create an exciting, you know, help create exciting experiences for fans and visitors. Uh, hopefully, such as yourself. So, hopefully, you'll be able to come and watch a match there uh, soon. Actually, I, t- I told you this. Uh, so, one of our clubs, Al Ahli, is coached by Peter Musimani, yes. who's a South African coach, Al Ahli. So, uh, they're on the way, it looks like, to be promoted back into the Saudi Pro League. So, once that happens, I, I need you to come and watch your coach uh, in action as well. Yeah. I mean, if there's one word, that describes Saudi Arabia right now, whether it's sports or anything else, is Ubuntu. And Ubuntu is a South African word, which means I am because you are. So the fact that Saudi Arabia is opening its arms to the world, it shows that it's willing to accept people of all walks of life to come and just enjoy the nation and really change their perspective. I My prayer and hope is that people hop on that journey and are part of it genuinely and get to experience for themselves all the beauty and all the splendor and all the excellence that Saudi Arabia can give to them. There we have it, folks, Dr. Ryan Karkaden. You know what I mean? Guys, it's clear. You can hear all the ideas he's sharing that he really knows his stuff and he's been there for a very long time. Jabu and I are looking forward to actually having the opportunity to come and create content and be a part of that storytelling because we communicate with people and we connect with people through storytelling. Dr. Karkaden, Thank you very much for your time. We are extremely grateful for your time. And to our audience, we meet again next week. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. This has been a pleasure.